0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz
1: every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Let's
2: get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three despite all the talk of the legislative victories
3: and the dobbs decision the economic i mean the landscape the political landscape and dynamic of this election has not changed it is the economy it is inflation uh it is crime it is immigration
4: uh, there you go, Tom Bevin weighing in. A burst of optimism from McConnell and company as the GOP masses uh, suddenly uh, starts thinking about uh, taking back the Senate seven weeks ago. Seven weeks ago, I'll tell you what's going on with the trends in the polls and why Democrats are still holding on to hopes for the House.
5: Number two. Is the pandemic
6: over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's but the pandemic is over.
4: Pandemic is over. What a relief. Time to reinstate all those suspended teachers and firefighters and military personnel. We all heard those words from the president. He also has indicated that, well, uh, we would go to war with China and inflation is no big deal. That's no joke, Jack.
1: Number
3: one. Millions of people since Biden's been president illegally coming across the southern border. Did they freak out about that? No. It's only when 50 get put into Martha's vigor.
4: Border wars continue as the local sheriff decides immediate action needs to be taken on. Governor DeSantis, I'm not kidding. Martha's Vineyard, that trip, that's what bothers him. Not the two million that have already crossed our borders illegally. The people that died in the back of that truck. The Florida governor is not backing down either. More migrants likely to go to Martha's Vineyard. Maybe even Delaware and certainly Vice President's House. How do you feel about that, Senator? Uh, some of what took place between Abbott and DeSantis with these illegal immigrants?
7: I think these two governors are brilliant. They have taken a border crisis and made it real to the most liberal people in the country. Uh, so, some guy on NBC said it's in, inhumane to send migrants, illegal immigrants, to Martha, Martha's Vineyard. How would you like to live along the border right now? How would you like to, to be a border community? over two main illegal immigrants. So I think what Abbott and DeSantis has done is made the issue real to the most liberal people in the country. And you talk about who's going to win in 2022. It's going to be a wipeout. Why? Because 70% of the people think the country's on the wrong track. If we can't beat this crowd, we're not going to beat anybody. Open border policy, over too many illegal immigrants, people on the terrorist watch list with no end in sight, but they rampant inflation. People don't inflation. seem to
4: care, Senator, and, huh? and this administration ignores it, and people don't seem to care. That's you don't why don't they're going to lose. Other they're going to lose.
7: The public cares. So when you look at every issue out there, people believe our border policies are failing, that Biden doesn't have a clue about inflation. They don't like an eighty-seven thousand IRS army coming after you. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't like more the than they have from border patrol right? So the bottom line is, we're going to win, and we're going to win big, and it's got nothing to do with us as much as it does have to do with their incompetency. You know, abortion, it's an issue. After after Roe v. Wade was uh, overturned, we sent it back to the states, but not just the states. Elected officials at state or federal level have a say about abortion. If I were running in this cycle as a Republican, I would let everybody in my state or district know that the Democratic Party's position in Washington is to overturn every pro-life law in America, allow abortion on demand up to the moment of birth using taxpayer dollars like China and North Korea. It's the most extreme position in the history of the United States. 47 of 50 European nations limit abortion below 15 weeks. The Democratic Party has the Chinese North Korean position, abortion on demand up to birth.
4: So a lot of people say, okay, you have Roe v. Uh, The Dobbs decision comes in, Roe v. Wade's overturned. The Senate, excuse me, the the, uh, states will now decide what's going to happen with abortion. And now you have a bunch of special elections, including a, a election in uh, Kansas, a vote in uh, Kansas. And they yeah. said, no, we don't want zero <clears throat> uh, weeks when it comes—that's that's yeah, as red right. as it gets. And then you have these special elections that going in the Democrats' way. How does, your, uh, how does your piece of legislation change that?
7: So there, there's a poll out yesterday. Fifty-nine percent of the American people support limiting abortion at 15 weeks. The French have a 14-week ban— I have exceptions for rape and incest pregnancies and the life of the mother. That that can, you know, that that always wins out in my, my view. Uh, China and India have no limits on abortion up to the moment of birth. So here's what I would say. To um, attack the Democratic Party for being out of sync with the American people, we need a national minimum standard. You can go below 15 weeks under my bill, but we draw a line at 15 weeks. The baby can feel pain, it sucks his thumb, To operate on the baby, you have to provide anesthesia. So if I were running this cycle, I would really make sure that everybody knew how extreme the Democratic Party is. They literally have gone from pro-choice to pro-abortion.
4: So a lot of people like Marco Rubio, who signed on to this, by the way, say, hey, you know what? Uh, I am (laughs) pro-life, but Florida isn't. So I'm going to go with what the people of Florida want. I'm not going to demand my values on the on state. How does 15 weeks gel with that?
7: Well, he's he's supporting the bill. Right. Marco is saying, listen, I'm going to leave it up to the states. That's what Lindsey Graham is saying.
4: And that's what Lee Zeldin's saying. Yeah, Lee Zeldin's yeah, like, I'm, I'm pro But
7: there comes a point to where I'm not going to sit on the sidelines. You know, California and Oregon have laws that allow abortion up to the moment of birth using taxpayer dollars. I don't want that standard. I don't want to be like China and India. I mean, excuse me, North Korea. 47 of the 50 European nations ban abortion. Surely we can be as bold as the French. They're at 14 weeks. So what kind of nation are we? You know, I believe in federalism to 10th Amendment. But this is a human being, Brian. At 20 weeks, you know, your co-host today is uh, pregnant at 20 weeks. At 20 weeks. Callie
4: Shimkus. Yeah.
7: Well, you sing to the baby. Doctors encourage to sing to their child at 20 weeks because they can associate uh, your voice with who right. you are. It's barbaric. It's cruel. It's inhuman to allow boarding a baby up to the moment of birth. I want to set a national standard at 15 weeks with exceptions. Right. The Democrats want to have the national policy to be China and North Korea, no exceptions Abortion with taxpayer funded dollars up to the moment of birth. If we can't win that argument, we're really not very good at being pro life. So, right now, the most important issues is in the
4: latest poll, and you take polls with a grain of salt more than ever, but 20% threat to democracy. I'm stunned by that. 18%, the number one thing is cost of living, inflation. 16% jobs in the economy. You could kind of put that in the same bracket and say that's majority. 12% immigration, that goes to your point. 8% say abortion's number one. Then climate, tied with climate change. Uh, and 7% crime and 7% guns. Uh, which party is better on border security? 56% say Republicans. Crime, 45% say Republicans. The economy, 47%. On individual things, it yeah. looks like Republicans
7: should feel pretty yeah, good th- right this now. This election, Democrats are talking about abortion because they don't want to talk about the other things. So once Roe was repealed, and it should have been, the states and the federal government elected officials can set abortion policy. Here's what I would say. The number you didn't mention is the wrong track. I don't follow individual issues. I follow right track, wrong track. In every swing state, Biden is underwater, the president, and every swing state like Pennsylvania and Arizona, people at 70% think the nation's on the wrong track. So here's what you say. If you want to stay on this track, vote for Fetterman. Vote for Kelly. They're part of being on the wrong track. If you want something new and have a hope of getting off the track Mm. we're on, Vote for me. All
4: right. So I want you to break down races like an analyst, if you can. I will. All right. Kelly uh, Blake Masters. Ba- Masters within single digits, within five points. Uh, Kelly is a guy I thought would be moderate. Yeah. An astronaut, military guy. What's he like working with? Uh, he's, and, a, he's, and, a, he's,
7: a, he's a nice fellow, but he's completely in the tank for and the what Biden. Do you, what do you think of Blake Masters? Uh, Blake Masters. It would be a great uh, addition to the United States Senate. Here's what he would do. He would vote differently than Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly hasn't hasn't done anything to secure a broken border it's a huge issue in Arizona. Arizona is on the front lines of illegal immigration, and they don't like it. Fetterman against Dr.
4: Oz. Fetterman is Bernie Sanders in a hoodie, and he is not mentally well. Yeah, why? Well. It or not? If if I had a stroke, I couldn't do this job. I have the best management in the world. They go, Brian, listen, when you're okay, better, come so, back.
7: So what i ask. So, so what's going on there? Well, Dr. Oz is, uh, I think, going to be a solid consensus-building conservative. You think he's going to win? Yeah, I do. Let he's me. He's within you. three points. Let me tell you why I think he's going to win. Fetterman can't break from the Biden agenda. He is an extremist on climate. He will never do what you need to do to secure the border. He won't frack. He's trying. Yeah, he won't. He won't become energy independent. On abortion, he'll allow abortion up to demand, uh, on demand, up to the moment of birth. So, will Mark Mark Kelly voted for that? Mark Kelly actually voted for that position. So, what would I do if I were in uh, Arizona, Pennsylvania, uh, North Carolina? I would make the case that my opponent will empower the most radical agenda in the history of the country on crime on immigration, on inflation, and yes, abortion. Herschel Walker,
4: I know you one of his early advocates, yeah. right? And I was had a chance to spend time with him. He's a lot smarter and astute than people think. He's impervious to the slings and arrows, <laughs> which he should be because he's getting right. hit from every angle. Here's what he said about the debate coming up. And you know about debates in Senate. You had a tough race. Yeah. You end up uh, making a lot uh, a, a bigger, a win by a bigger margin than anyone thought in the end. Here's what he said about the debates. It's the first one he's ever done, Cut 30.
5: Talking to the voters talking to you you told me i got to prepare so i'm preparing i'm this country boy you know i'm not that smart and he's that preacher he's a smart man wear these nice suits so he's gonna show up and embarrass me at the debate october the 14th and i'm just waiting you i show up and i'm gonna do my best i'm gonna do my best
7: what about that attitude i think it's brilliant you know why i'm behind herschel i don't want to be in front of him because he'll run you over herschel is going to be a great senator for georgia because he thinks like georgia Warnock has voted with Biden all the time when it matters. He will never change border policy. Warnock, Herschel will. What's Georgia like now? Georgia is uh, still a, a red state. Uh, the bottom line is it's all about turn. Uh, Biden's numbers in Georgia are in the 40s. Seventy percent of Georgians believe we're on the wrong track. Herschel Walker will be a polar opposite on the things that matter to the people of Georgia. Don Baldock. do you know anything about him? Yeah, uh, he's a retired general, been to Afghanistan, uh, Iraq. He's a special forces guy. He will vote to secure the border. He will vote to cut your taxes, not raise your taxes, Maggie Hassan voted to allow abortion on demand up to the moment of birth.
4: And one thing about Don Bolduc, he he evidently is doing his Scott Brown interpretation, going to every single district, uh, doing all these town halls. So he's not going to be outworked. Typical military mindset. I think people in New Hampshire might appreciate that. Uh, And Chris Sununu won't come out against him, even though he said Chris Sununu, the governor, was an agent of China. Speaking of China, here's what Joe Biden said about our China policy. For the third time, he contradicts his own... I get a long state of policy. Listen.
5: What should Chinese President Xi know about your commitment to Taiwan?
6: We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago. And that there's a one-China policy, and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving, we're not encouraging them being independent.
5: We're not, that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island?
4: Yes, if in fact there
6: was an unprecedented attack.
4: So he said, we will defend the island with U.S. forces if Taiwan's intact. That might be Lindsey Grant's policy, but shouldn't they—he was immediately contradicted by his own government.
7: For the third time. So here's the deal. What is it? Well, when you're weak, you can't be ambiguous. Donald Trump was strong, and when he was uncertain about what he may do, it scared the hell out of him. On everybody. purpose. Yeah, on purpose. This guy is weak in the minds of most people because of Afghanistan.
4: But he spent his whole life in foreign policy. I, well,
7: Does- and he's been wrong. What did I say before he got elected? If you took the opposite position of Joe Biden, you'd be in the Hall of Fame on most issues, but he is now president. I believe that Taiwan is a valuable ally. I don't I support the one China policy. But I have legislation with Bob Menendez to send him more military assistance to sanction China. But you
4: did not say troops, American troops. I did not. And so should here, he have said that? Who's right? Is well, government or him?
7: Well, here's what we need to do. We need to be consistent. We need to let China know that if you invade Taiwan, uh, you're going to regret it. The Taiwanese are going to be like the Ukrainians. We need to give them more weapons. We need more American forces in the Indo-Pacific region. The Biden budget puts us out of business. The Biden budget actually reduces the number of ships the Navy has to below 300. And
4: we're missing all our recruiting goals. But lastly, yeah. you with uh, President of Turkey, Erdogan, for a, a yeah. lot of... Time he's a very consequential player right. in the Ukraine Russia war. Yeah, what's the reality on the ground?
7: Well, the reality is the Ukrainians are dismembering the the Russian military. They're fighting for their lives. I want to pass legislation this year before January of 2023. More weapons, more money. It is in our interest for Ukraine to win because Putin will go further. What does the
4: Turkish president think?
7: Uh, I think the Turkish president has been a mediator between Ukraine and Russia. I he guess. got the grain out. They got the grain out. I want to thank the Turkish government and the president for working to get the grain out, working to get hostages released, but they're still supporting Ukraine militarily. Can Ukraine push the Russians out of Crimea? I think eventually the Russian army is going to break. And how does this movie end? Uh, With a draft? With a Russian draft? The Russian people eventually turn on Putin. I want to designate Russia as a state-sponsor of terrorism under our law because they're a terrorist state. Biden's opposing me. He's come on board to every idea I've had, only reluctantly. But if you made Russia state-sponsored terrorism, uh, you could sue Russia in federal court for the damage you're doing in Ukraine, and secondary sanctions would be stronger. So I think Putin has no off-ramp. I think the Ukrainians are going to fight to liberate their country. If we give them the weapons and the economic support, they will win. One day, soon, rather than later, I hope, Somebody in Russia is going to figure out that Putin destroys Russia. Let's get rid of him. That's going to happen.
4: Well, and we'll see. But will China let that happen?
7: China is not all in. They're smart enough to know that this blunder by Putin, uh, they're not going to own it. Should India be threatened
4: in the end of 30 seconds to stop buying the oil from Russia?
7: India is part of the problem when it comes to uh, Russian sanctions, and they should— uh, suffer the consequences if they don't change our policy. Pressure
4: 101. They were all at the UN this week. Senator Lindsey Graham, you gotta catch a plane. Gotta catch a plane. Thanks so much for the quality time. All right, adios. Back in a moment.
2: Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the show as we dive
7: deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch.
2: It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Brian Kilmeade Show,
4: 1-866-408-7669. I'll be able to take some calls shortly, but Ron McDaniel is going to be on at the bottom of the hour. Real cool. One of the great things about being in the Fox studios, you never know who's going to come by. Senator Lindsey Graham at the last minute joined Fox and Friends, and I said, why don't you come upstairs? Sure, I'll join you for 15 minutes. So... Whatever you think, we're Republican or Democrat, we want consequential players uh, a part of the show and to find out what's going on, whether it's at war, home or peace, what was going on with our former president, who he talks to regularly um. You definitely, It's definitely cool to have them on. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, Meanwhile, five more uh, migrant buses arrived in New York City. Uh, There were 11 over the weekend. Migrant uh, buses coming from Texas went to Washington, D.C. We understand there's been 8,100 overall to Washington, in New York, 22,600, to Chicago, 675. uh, And they they continue to get them, and they're shipping them over to different uh, towns. Meanwhile, I don't know why the, the sheriff... From this border town in uh, Be- in in um, Bexar, uh, in the border town in Texas, with everything going wrong, with the bottom falling out of the wall, with the lack of law enforcement there, with them being besieged uh, by thousands of illegals, with them found dead, suffocated to death in a truck in his own district, he decides he wants to sue Ron DeSantis for putting people in a beautiful plane and sending them to the, one of the most beautiful places in the country, Martha's Vineyard. Where's the crime? Well, RNC Chair, Ronna McDaniel in studio. It's not often we get uh, this chance, but it's always great talking to you at a very exciting time. I don't know if you've been tracking it about seven weeks until the midterm election. No,
8: I haven't been tracking it
4: You've got a lot on your plate. Uh, and by the way, you look like you're ready right to run a marathon.
8: Oh, thank you. So I appreciate that. That's been...
4: one way to handle stress, work out. Right? I've
8: been working out a lot, so right. I appreciate that.
4: So first off... We were talking—if I talked to you in June, it's very hard to find someone who didn't think a red wave was coming. Here we are, seven weeks from Election Day for midterms. Where do you stand?
8: I think we're going to take the House, and I think we're going to take the Senate. Uh, I never liked the phrase red wave. I I banned it from the RNC vernacular because I think it makes people complacent. Uh, We have to earn every single seat. The Democrats do not give up power easily, and they're certainly not going to do that in this midterm.
4: Nancy Pelosi, this would make her ambassador to Italy.
8: Uh, yeah, get and her out of the country. I'm all for that. I think we should confirm that and get her out of the country.
4: Great. Right. Uh, so the w- number one issue, the thing that changed everything was the the Dobbs decision with Roe v. Wade. Uh, most polls have uh, abortion top three issues. Do you like what Lindsey Graham is was sitting in your seat saying that I think we should have a, a referendum on 15 weeks?
8: You know, I understand what Lindsey's doing. He's showing the extremeness of the Democrat Party because most Americans, Brian, and this is what our polling is showing— They want exceptions and limitations. They want to make sure that we're not having babies aborted on their due date. They don't like gender-selected abortions like China. We're out of step with the world. So I think Lindsey's trying to highlight where the Democrats are so extreme. And let's not forget, if the Democrats take the Senate and they get two more votes, they'll get rid of the filibuster and they'll codify their extreme position.
4: Does it bother you that Senator Mitch McConnell not on the same page as Lindsey Graham and come out and said that's not where the most of this caucus is?
8: I don't get involved in inter-party stuff. I'm focused on how do we win in November. So what I'm saying to our candidates... Do you have to referee
4: and things like that often?
8: I I just want to get past it and move forward and focus on the Democrats. I I never like Republican on Republican f- fire. Friendly fire is not good for us. So we got to focus on how do we highlight the Democrats and their extreme positions. And the reality is, Brian, it's going back to the states. Consensus will be found in the states. Alabama's different than Georgia, than, than Mississippi, than Michigan. And a lot of states already had it on the books. Nothing changed in New York. Nothing changed in California. It wasn't banned. It's just sending it back to the voters, and that's where it should be.
4: And that's the message you, when they ask you, how do I handle this question?
8: Yeah, I think you have to address it, and you've got to say we need consensus in the states, and then you need to expand. I mean, voters care about a lot more than abortion right now. Most voters aren't waking up thinking about abortion. They're waking up thinking about, uh, how am I going to pay for groceries? How am I going to pay for gas? How am I going to pay for rent? Uh, What's going to happen with my kid who is behind in school because of the pandemic? What's going to happen with my child and Halloween with this fentanyl coming across our border? Are we going to get some um, candy that's laced with fentanyl? There's so many things. What's happening with crime? People are very, very anxious in this country. The Democrats are trying to distract. They have the money to force abortion, to try and force that to be the issue. Republicans need to stay on the page of immigration, crime, and the economy, which is the number one issue.
4: And uh, right now, Ron DeSantis and uh, Governor Abbott are making a lot of news by saying, if you're not going to address the border, I'm going to take the illegal immigrants that are coming in, and I'm going to send them to you. And now Ron DeSantis is getting sued uh, by a sheriff on that one of these border cities. Here's his response. Cut to
3: they all signed consent forms to go and then the vendor that that is doing this for florida provided them with a packet that had a map of martha's vineyard it had the numbers for different services on martha's vineyard and then it had numbers for the overall agencies in massachusetts that handle things involving immigration and refugees so it was clearly
4: voluntary so he's he's fighting back but he says i'm not stopping Is this a good move?
8: I love it. I love it, love it, love it, because finally... The other networks are having to pay attention to the border crisis. I mean, just last month in August, 2,000 pounds of fentanyl was seized. That's enough to kill 500 million people. We had 200,000 crossings. We've had 4 million in the past two years. I mean, it is frightening what's happening. And they send 50 to Martha's Vineyard, and the world's in an uproar. We had 50 migrants die in a trailer in Texas last month. And the Democrats and the media said nothing. So good for Ron DeSantis and Abbott for pushing it back on the Democrats and showing their hypocrisy because they're all for illegal immigration unless it's in their backyard, their rich backyard in Martha's Vineyard or the VP residence.
4: Cut 14 is Senator Dick Durbin. He feels differently. Why is it when the Republicans want to enforce their immigration theories?
5: It's always the kids that end up being the victims. Mm -hmm. We saw it with kids in cages. We saw it with a forcible removal of children from their parents, some who've never been reunited with their families. And now, once again, it's the kids and families that are put on these buses and transported
4: for political purposes across the United States. Do you understand his reality?
8: No, because... Biden's been flying these folks to Westchester, New York. They've been bu- the mayor of El Paso has been bussing people out of his state. So the Democrats are doing this. They're playing games and they're not being forthright with the American people. And you know what? Let's talk about our kids. The leading cause of death right now for 18-year-olds is fentanyl. It is coming across our border, and our kids are being killed by it, and the Democrats are turning a blind eye to it, and it is just shameful. So, Dick Durbin, why don't we talk about that?
4: president hasn't spoken about seven months to the media, and he did speak to 60 Minutes. I got some good news. The pandemic's over. Cut 15. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic
6: is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. Did you know and the so pandemic
8: was over? Not according to the Democrats. I mean, you were talking about it today. Public teachers in New York are still getting fired for not having the vaccine. I mean, I'm— I Military know the, let go? Exactly, military let go. I mean, the Democrats want to keep this going forever and ever. They want more money for pandemic relief. They just want to keep going back to that well. But the American people know know it's over. We're living our lives. I was at a Lions game over the weekend. We're flying. We're done. We want to move on with our lives.
4: So that means 22 million emergency funding shouldn't probably be passed. Probably not. Right. And I think that they're, the whole mandate about getting these uh, vaccines out to people on this new variant, that pretty much goes by the board. What's the rush? Are you staggered by the fact that Anthony Fauci said... I think that he misstated it and went out of his way to give him a soft landing as compared to where he was with President Trump. Totally.
8: I mean, I think he would have been completely different with President Trump. We've seen that. Anthony Fauci has become a political figure. He should not be. If we're going to trust the science, we need to tr- trust the people telling us about the science and he's become so partisan in the way he behaves. And one reaction with one president is a Republican and a different with Biden. But we know Fauci wants to hold on to power. So he doesn't want this pandemic going anywhere.
4: So the president went and he rallied over the weekend for J.D. Vance. Yep. Kind of interesting where he said uh, J.D. Vance kiss my ass. <sighs> Uh, didn't like me, now he's kissing my ass because he wants my vote. Did you write that line?
8: I I did. How'd (laughs) you know? Doesn't that sound just like me? (laughs) It's so like you, Ronald McDaniel. That's so like me. Uh, Uh, I know. I mean, it's just classic President Trump. I mean, J.D. had said some pretty tough things about the president. Right. And that was running in all the ads in in the primary, and then he came around. But, you know, J.D.'s pulling up five right now. I feel really good about Ohio. I spent a lot of time with J.D. uh, in Cleveland a couple weeks ago. I think he's a great candidate.
4: So I I know you're going to be for Republicans. We Having said that, Uh, Dr. Oz, an interesting situation. Mm -hmm. It was such an expensive primary. Uh, he found himself up against it financially and a lot of uh, maybe some bruised feelings as he now tries to unify the party. But I have never seen him in front, although he seems within five in the polls. What is what does the RNC think?
8: Yeah, I think Oz is surging. Uh, you know, they had polls down. down uh, him down with him down 11 after a bruising primary with about 30 million spent against both of the candidates. McCormick was the other um, Fetterman's on TV right now with an ad about crime. Why? Because Oz has him on the defensive, because Fetterman's totally out of step with the people of Pennsylvania. We he had, wants
4: a third of people
8: out of prison. He does, and he has a, a record of putting criminals on the street. It is really frightening. He is a socialist. He is a communist. The people of Pennsylvania are not going to want him. The more they see him, the more they don't like him, and Oz is doing a good job exposing that.
4: Well, I mean, he's got the stroke, but he also doesn't want to frack. I think that's even a big news. Yeah, and that's a How
8: lot of jobs. How could you not jobs? want to frack in Pennsylvania? That's 700,000 jobs in Pennsylvania. That's 700,000 jobs. How is that different from President Biden's message? even when he was trying to get the nomination. You know, the same. I mean, Biden just went in and pretended to be one thing, and the people of Pennsylvania believed him. I don't think they're believing Fetterman. You know why? We have him in his own words. So if you just show an ad, it's one thing. When you show him in his own words, signing a ban on fracking, saying I'm going to get rid of fracking, if those are the ads that are run, it moves moves the numbers, and that's what Oz is doing right now.
4: When you look at what's happening now, it's going to be one debate uh, October 25th for 60 minutes, but he needs closed captioning. So Dr. Oz said, give me 90 minutes, because is going to be delayed by the time it's you understand what I'm talking about and he says no if you're Dr. Oz do you agree to it anyway?
8: Yeah, you got to get a debate. I mean, I think Oz is right. You got to keep pushing it. I think that people of Pennsylvania are really frustrated that Fetterman won't get out in debate. Remember, he's been lieutenant governor for eight years. This isn't a guy who just showed up. He owns a lot of the problems in Pennsylvania, and Oz is doing the right thing, really challenging him on these debates.
4: But the other thing that uh, to keep in mind, too, as this comes up, is the president really made sure Dr. Oz won. Dave McCormick had a lot of the Trump people with him. The the president also was very supportive of Herschel Walker. Correct. And uh, Mastriano
8: mm-hmm.
4: and others. J.D. Yet, J.D. Vance. But the president has not written checks for these people yet. Outside Georgia in a losing cause has written checks, and he has that Save America pack. Have you spoken to him about spending the support? Because obviously Mitch McConnell doesn't have much sway with him these
8: days. I'm talking to everybody, including President Trump and everybody, saying—
4: Is he reluctant to spend or waiting?
8: I, I, I can't coordinate, so I have some limitations on what to. I can legally say. Um, but I've said to everybody who has money, please don't park it on the sidelines. We need it in this midterm election.
4: Here is uh, Joe Biden on what's going on with the economy. Cut 21. Your grocery
5: bills. What can you do better—
6: It has just barely, it's been basically
4: even. So how do you fight that message?
8: Well, I mean... By listening to it? <laughs> I mean, my gosh. I mean, it's frustrating, Brian. And I think that one of the things that really hurts Biden is his inability to see the suffering that people are really feeling. But I mean, he says he's blue-collar Joe uh, yeah, from well, Scranton, well, Pennsylvania. No, he's Delaware, you know, vacation every weekend, Joe. Loves being the president, but let's forget the plight of the American people and my hand in it. I mean... When people see them do the student loan forgiveness, when they see 87,000 IRS agents, when they see their priorities, which are on full display with their voting, and then they know they're hurting, and then they have a president who's who ignores their problems, it, it compounds the insult. And I think that a lot of people feel like he is just choosing to ignore the border, the drug crisis, inflation energy and issue after issue he's patting himself on the back while people are suffering across this country
4: what do you see your role between the super PACs and the national Governors association and the senate uh, committee where do you see your role in this are you uh, the orchestrating providing advice where where are you
8: so i can legally coordinate with the candidates and the nrsc and the nrcc so we we share polling we do everything we put out a memo last week on the four big issues what we see in our polling how you should message it We give that to the candidates. I call the candidates. I try and give them what we're seeing. You coach them. I I hope, and I hope they take the advice. If they don't, that's fine. Uh, They're they're the candidate. They're the one with their name on the ballot, and ultimately, they need to make decisions for their race, but I'm certainly going to give them the best advice I can give. I've been here for a while, and I'll tell you one of the things I saw in 2018. Pre-existing conditions was pulling nowhere. But it was the number one issue that lost us the House because Republicans had voted to remove pre-existing condition coverage with the Obamacare vote. And Democrats had enough money to make it the number one issue. They're going to do that with abortion this year. So if our candidates don't address it and talk about it, put the Democrats on defense and then pivot to the issues that really matter, they're going to be in trouble. You can't just stick your head in the sand.
4: I hear you, and they were, and they were caught by surprise uh, by it. So Lindsey Graham, if you don't subscribe to what he's doing, although you understand it, what is your message to Republicans, whether they're pro-life or pro-choice like Joe O'Day?
8: I think you say, listen, I'm proud to be where I stand. This is going to be decided by the voters of my state. Democrats are extreme on this issue. They're out of step with most of the most of the country. They support abortion on a due date. They support gender selection abortion. I don't think that's for women's rights when you're aborting a baby just because it's a girl. They're out of step with most of the world. But the most voters are whole voters. They don't care about one issue all day long. They care about the economy and crime, and the Democrats are in control right now, and we need to talk about what they've done to this
4: country. And overall, this is what I get. Uh, why should we trust any polls? Because we're in a cellular age, Yeah. we don't pick up calls that we don't know where they're coming from, and we have a real problem with being honest, especially if you're a Trump person, because of the derision that's happened in the past. And the president coming out saying ultra-MAGA and semi fascist it makes people just go, I'm keeping this to myself. So when you look at the polls and try to tell, try to ID- get an idea, what do you look for in the science of the polls? So
8: I look at a couple things. I look at voter reg, I'm looking at absentee request forms, and then I'm looking at absentee returns, right? And then we know what our... Our vote is going to come mostly on Election Day. But I'm going to tell you, in 2020, every poll said we were going to lose 15 seats in the House. We picked up 15. Susan Collins was never leading in a single poll. Tom Sillis was never leading in a single poll. They both won their Senate seats. Joni Ernst. All three of them were outspent by $40 I just don't trust the polls. This happens cycle after cycle all the way back to 2014. But what's the science that sells you, Ron? If you're going to write a check... Do you want to
4: see an email poll? Do you want to see a cell poll? Do you want to see landlines? Yeah, you want to see a good mix. You want to see a mall focus group?
8: You want to see all of it. You want analytics in there and modeling, data modeling, but then you also want a mix of cell phones. You want a mix of landline. You want a good spread, seven-day rolling average, and then you want a good... Uh, amount of people on the poll, and then you want a really good sample of independents. I think a lot of these pollsters oversample Democrats and undersample independents. And independents right now are breaking Republican of uh, about 7%. And if you don't have independents in that 30% margin, I think it's a bad poll.
4: So I intentionally didn't talk 2024. I want to I save love it. it okay? Thank you, Brian. Because I want to keep it on topic, and I know that you want to keep it on topic too. And I think it doesn't really matter now. Uh, I think we, if the president comes, if the former president comes out and says, "I'm in," then it, that is probably my first question. But he's not going to say that, and the rest is all speculation uh, on the other side. But uh, Joe Biden's answer, when asked about is he going to run again, not committing, ten seconds. Did you find that strange?
8: I thought it was really weird. I don't think he's running
4: because he opened up the door to a lot he of people. He sure did. Uh, Ronna McDaniel, I know you're going to be busy. Thanks so much for your quality time. Thanks for having me. We hope to catch up to you again. Back in a moment with your calls, you listen to The Brian Kilmeade Show.
2: Newsmakers and newsbreakers, here at first on The Brian Kilmeade Show. When you launch an attack on the
5: Capitol and you undermine the one thing we've got that enables this other experiment to go on, and I'm going to say the other side's perfect, but I think a lot of Republicans, if you agree with this, I think a lot of Republicans who don't like Trump want forgiveness, but they don't want to repent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we don't have to. I ain't for forgiveness for
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs> Right, and you shouldn't have to. You didn't do anything. But you. It's but not personal. It's policy. Right.
4: Exactly. And. What do you mean? That and of course, Bill Maher said exactly at the end because what, Trey Trey uh, Atkins is not saying I'm Trump live or die. The policies that he had in place was what he supports. That's why he's not going to apologize. John Meacham, who's gone full out, uh, and he's as bright as anybody, and his, his writing is is essential and it's so important in the world of history. But he has gone so anti-Trump. I think it's delusional. Like Michael Beschloss, same thing. I'm like these guys used to be. Dispassionate, nonpartisan, almost reporters and give somebody you go to with perspective. Now they're just anti-Trumpers. But Bill Maher, um, well, I'm going to play some sound bites a little bit later from his weekend show, is has every left winger uh, up in arms because what he's saying makes total sense. And he has got liberal credibility. A lot to discuss. So glad you're here. Go to BrianKilme.com And I want you to see you in Brandon, Mississippi and Tulsa, Oklahoma. So let's get to the big three.
2: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three, sponsored by Crunch Fitness. Interested in owning your own business in a growing $30 billion industry? Check out Crunch Fitness at crunch.com. Number three.
3: Despite all the talk of the legislative victories and the Dobbs decision, the economic, I mean, the landscape, the political landscape and dynamic of this election has not changed. It is the economy, it is inflation, uh, it is crime, it is immigration.
4: Tom Bevan, Real Clear Politics. A burst of optimism from Mitch McConnell and the GOP masses uh, about winning back the Senate. Seven weeks to go. I'll bring you the trends, the polls, and the news around 2022. Number two
6: is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a
4: problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's but the pandemic is over. Good. There's a whole lot of soldiers that want to go back to work then uh, because you suspended them they vaccinate, va- because they didn't want to get vaccinated. If the pandemic's over, time to reinstate all those teachers, too. We all heard the words from the president. He also indicated we would go to war with China and the inflation is no big deal.
3: Number one. Millions of people since Biden's been president illegally coming across the southern border. Did they freak out about that? No. It's only when 50 get put into Martha's
4: Vineyard. That is true. Border wars continue as a local sheriff decides immediate legal action is needed against Governor Ron DeSantis. The Florida governor not backing down will discuss his as buses full of illegal stream to Chicago, New York, D.C., and the vice president's residence. Uh, let's bring in Jennifer Griffin, Fox News Channel's national security correspondent. Uh, Jennifer, welcome back. Thank you, Brian. And congrats on the new multi-year deal. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Time to go on vacation. Now you can start phoning it in. Hey, all you have to do, I've been watching sports long enough, Jennifer. Just play in your contract year. Take it easy into the final year. That's all anyone remembers. That's my philosophy. Um, well, that hasn't exactly worked for 28 years. Okay. You could try. Okay. Stick with your way. Uh, hey, so, Jennifer, let me, let me ask you, this whole, how much damage has been done by the, the, by the men and women who refuse to get vaccinated in the military? How, how many have we lost?
1: Well I don't I don't have a number at my fingertips right now, but I do know it's been very divisive particularly the Navy seals have brought a, a case against the Pentagon um, that's winding its way through the courts. Uh, there are you know a number of, of young people who felt that they were healthy and that the vaccine could interfere with other, other uh, vaccines that they were supposed to take you know as a result of being in the military. Um, and it's really complicated now that President Biden has stated that the pandemic is over. What are they going to do now? And I think we don't we don't know exactly uh, where the Pentagon stands in terms of going forward. Obviously, the Pentagon requires all sorts of vaccinations for uh, troops to serve, and so most likely the COVID vaccine uh, is going to be a part of that mix for some time to come, with all the variants out there. But it certainly has been uh, divisive, and um, and you know it, it's caused, I think, a psychological divide, particularly among some of the the special operations troops and and the younger troops.
4: And the thing is, Jennifer, no one has to tell you recruiting goals, uh, none of them have been reached on any branch. This just adds to it at, at a time in which the former Secretary of Defense Esper said he believes the volunteer model looks more and more like it's broken.
1: It's really interesting, Brian. This is there at the second lowest recruit, recruiting uh, rate uh, that they've had historically, um, and they're not meeting their goals. And this is across the board services. It's um, you know probably not unanticipated in terms of you know wars winding down pull out from Afghanistan the ugly way in which the war in Afghanistan ended did not leave a good taste in people's mouths and and then you have also uh, you know the labor market is such that that a lot of uh, those young people who would be coming into the service have other job opportunities uh, the other problem and this is really the the elephant in the room literally uh, and that is that most of the country is not fit to serve and they are uh, they are Fit. They are overweight. They have um, many of them have uh, done drugs, and and so our young population is really in a very bad state in terms of uh, recruiting potential for the military. One thing that has been brought to my attention, and and I'm involved next week in the 100th anniversary of the Reserve Organization of America's uh, celebration and their rebranding, uh, trying to explain to corporations out there uh, this new idea of a, a of a civilian warrior, and how there's a benefit to both corporations and the military in meeting recruiting goals to have more reserve officers, reserve uh, enlisted. Uh, take an example of a cyber security uh, warrior. Let's say you have your clearances through the government, and then what what you would be of great benefit as a reservist to a cybersecurity company because you already have those uh, security clearances that you might need to work with a government contract. So the 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 military is recognizing they're going to need to work with industry. Then you have the Trucking Organization of America that is short 30,000 truckers. Uh, there are the, there's a high unemployment rate among veterans. So it's one of the highest uh, unemployment rates, 11 percent. They are perfect for some of those uh, those folks who've driven big, heavy equipment overseas for the military would be perfect in a trucking role. So, so marrying up that notion of service, yeah. civilian warriors, that's going to be how they deal with this uh, shortage.
4: Hey, I just talked to Lee Zeldin. He's, he said last weekend he was supposed to report. He goes, "I'm still in the reserves." So you report, yeah. uh, you know? I guess uh, every I don't know what it is every three months or or once a month for a weekend.
1: Once, once a month, yeah. But but it's also you know two weeks a year, once a month for training. Uh, but it is it, it's crucial in terms of um, of for the national security in the country because they're not meeting their goals and, and the nation needs to remain on a, 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 a not a war footing but a, a service footing
4: so what's going on in the ukraine i find fascinating and heartening uh what looks so grim i believe it was around april and june suddenly the russians stopped making advances and an offensive seems to have been very effective for the ukrainians they estimate 3,000 square miles have been picked up the russians dropping their uniforms weapons and machinery and running they're starting to recruit in prisons to tell people you can spend your life in prison or go to the front lines i've seen the video so we know what's happening Uh, There seems to be some doubt among people normally on Putin's side who are on telegram saying that this is going badly. I want you to hear what Ian Bremmer said, cut 33.
0: The problem is that Putin does not have any good military options on the ground in Ukraine. He has things he can do to punish the Ukrainians. You've already seen significant military strikes, missile strikes against water treatment facilities, against electricity plants to punish the Ukrainian people, but that's not going to get the land back. Um, and what we we're looking at, if, even if they were to announce uh, a limited mobilization of Russian troops, which Putin needs over time if he wants to be able to grab some of that land, uh, it's going to take a, a minimum of four to six months.
4: What is yuri Is Ian Bremmer right in your estimation?
1: I THINK HE IS RIGHT, BUT I THINK THERE'S SOME VERY INTERESTING DEVELOPMENTS, INCLUDING TODAY. SO LET'S TALK ABOUT THE LIGHTNING um, COUNTEROFFENSIVE THAT THE UKRAINIANS HAVE TAKEN BACK ALL THAT TERRITORY. WHY DID THAT HAPPEN? WELL, NUMBER ONE, AROUND JULY IS WHEN THEY GOT THOSE those 16 HIMARS, THE the, uh, SOPHISTICATED, TARGETED um, ARTILLERY THAT that THE U.S. GOVERNMENT HAS GIVEN TO THE UKRAINIAN MILITARY. AND THEY STARTED uh, WITH SOME VERY, VERY SMART PLANNING AND I THINK HELP FROM from the U.S. government, in terms of how to uh, how to basically, there was a, a fake out. They went. They suggested they were the Ukrainians were going to go south. They went uh, north, and they took that Kharkiv area. The Russians ran across the border. They abandoned that territory. Uh, they now Russians are on the defensive. They're pushed back. Their supply lines are being cut with the way in which their their backs up are against against the wall and cut off with regards to some of the um, the natural landscape and the the rivers that they, they um, are, you know, stuck uh, up against. Uh, what is happening today that is of note, though, is Putin is feeling that these humiliating losses that he's experienced, both inside Ukraine but also uh, abroad, the meeting with uh, President Sheed and not go as planned. The Indians uh, spoke out against uh, against what Putin was doing for the first time. We've seen some indication of some fracturing there. And so Putin is really in a humiliated position. And today he's supposed to address his nation, and there is an expectation that he's going to announce a referendum, a vote in the four uh, occupied territories where he his troops are in in uh, Luhansk and, and Donetsk and Zaporizhia and Kherson. And he's also expected to possibly announce that limited, uh, uh, you know, mobilization, um, which he has been. Really reluctant to do because the mothers in Ukraine, in Russia are not going to stand for sending sons into a war that is clearly going so badly. So he's facing a lot of domestic dissent that is starting to percolate up, which we had not seen before. And so today is a really dangerous turning point in terms of what is Putin going to announce and how is that going to be received both domestically inside Russia as well as on the ground in Ukraine. But right now, militarily, Ukraine, uh, the Ukrainian forces have the momentum, and and they have made some incredible gains with the help of U.S. military uh, armaments and the, all the, the $20 billion that was passed through Congress. They're really getting a return for their money on the battlefield. I want
4: you to hear what Michael McFaul, the former ambassador under President Obama to Russia, said cut 39. I think this is the moment to lean in, give them all they can, and hope that they can achieve the victories that they desire on the battlefield. Zelensky has said... Uh, Winning is called Taking Back Crimea. Has that been talked about in Pentagon circles?
1: Well, it's not talked about out loud, but certainly nobody is willing to get in the way or doubt uh, the Ukrainian leadership right now because there were doubts in the beginning and we see how that turned out. So the will to fight is proving uh, momentous and this will be studied in the history books for years to come. But right now, before winter sets in, this is the time to sort of flood the zone, if you will, and get as many uh, the, the armaments that, that Zelensky and his, uh, his team need in order to continue this momentum because they really have had a lot of momentum since mid mid july when uh when those high mars finally arrived
4: jennifer griffin our guest jennifer the uh michael Walsh told me that he was just over with Zelensky, and he said that they're not getting a fraction of what they were promised from europe from germany from france in particular with macron calling putin every single week trying to convince him to keep the uh the gas the natural gas flowing this winter what can you tell us on that
1: well, look. One of the things that that uh, Putin banked on in the beginning was that Europe would fall apart, that NATO would fall apart, that the U, particularly the EU nations that are dependent on his gas and oil would would he'd be able to peel them off. So far. So good. Uh, now we haven't gone through the winter months where people are going to be cold, but but from what I'm hearing from uh, from European ambassadors who I meet with regularly in Washington, there does still still seem to be a very strong sense of unity among EU members. And even if some yeah. there there are sometimes you can understand why Zelensky doesn't think he's getting enough fast enough. But but the bottom line is there is a lot of weaponry flowing in there. Uh, anything he asks for, he tends to get from the Pentagon. Uh, I even heard talk about the, from the Pentagon. They had been reluctant to send tanks up until now, but there's talk about sending U.S. tanks. They've sent Soviet-era tanks in because they know how to use them. So the, the talk this morning was that if they could be trained up on how to use the more sophisticated American tanks, those could be in the cards. That was unthinkable back in the February-March time frame.
4: All right, uh, Jennifer, lastly, the president said this on Sunday on 60 Minutes. What
5: should Chinese... President Xi, know about your commitment to Taiwan?
6: We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago, and that there's a one-China policy, and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving, we're not encouraging them being independent.
5: We're not, that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island?
6: Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack
4: so what with this is the third time he said that, and it's the third time they walked uh, other people have walked it back. What is our policy?
1: Well, remember, the policy is strategic ambiguity, and I think that's what you're seeing. Um, President Biden said, basically, from what we keep seeing because we've heard it three times, as you mentioned, uh, he said the quiet part out loud that the the u s will wants to project to China, do not. Uh, go in and forcibly take Taiwan. Uh, there have been uh, historic amounts of of um, uh, funding just passed, defense funding for, for arms sales to to Taiwan. There's a real feeling that not enough was done to uh, deter Putin from going into Ukraine. And I think the White House uh, White House has been scrambling try since that 60 Minutes interview to try and say the policy has not changed because there's this fine line: Do you provoke China? by saying if the American president says that, or do you uh, give China a wink and a nod that it's okay to go into Taiwan if you don't say that out loud? Is the disconnect—is
4: this a policy,
1: you think? I think sometimes in Washington, again, uh, the the policy remains technically the same, but you're seeing with increasing congressional visits to Taiwan, more foreign military sales. There's a feeling that if you don't help Taiwan defend itself, that China is going to take advantage of this moment.
4: Jennifer Griffin, thanks so much thank you back in a moment hey welcome back everybody a few minutes we're gonna take a break from the the craziness of politics and talk about what's happening in sports because it's blending it into real life and i'm not talking about the two monday night football games uh last night of the giants miraculous uh the jets miraculous win and the giants convincing win uh over the weekend i'm going to be talking about aaron judge why class act number one number two he looks like a uh, somebody from another planet because he's so strong so uh physically dominating at six seven you don't see that in baseball and you don't see this type of excellence usually when there's a, a home run uh record at stake you see a lot of home runs because they have a way of juice in the ball this year it's almost like the dead ball era where you have the second place guy's got 34 this guy's got 59 and if he could break it in new york uh, it'll be something where all eyes will be on Yankee Stadium. It'll be sold out. Yankees are going to draw big because they're gunning for first place, up five and a half games, and we're in the backstretch in late September. Of course, they're going to have good, as, as anytime they're in contention, just a little different. So we'll talk about that with the president of New York Yankees, Randy Levine. Then we'll take a short time out and go on with Varney uh, and Company. We'll talk about something else happening here, and that is they fired 850 New York City, City teachers and aides. You know Why? Because they weren't vaccinated. You believe that? How could you let go of teachers in a teacher shortage because they made a personal choice not to get vaccinated when the president said the pandemic is over? Sickening.
5: High fly ball. Right field. There it goes. See ya. Number 58. He's three away from Roger Maris. He
4: plays. What is it like uh, to be a, the president of the New York Yankees when history is about to be made, when they make so much history in the past and really uh, probably the most successful franchise in the history of sports, but more is on the doorstep. Uh, joining us now is Randy Levine, who's lived it, seen it, and is running the team, the president of the New York Yankees. Randy, welcome back. Hey, Brian, how are you? Hey, Randy, what are you what it, doing? Uh, I, I mean, people are thrilled to hear that. Any sports fan, when you get to that moment, I followed McGuire around uh, when he broke the record originally, and I I felt it. What about you? With everything that you've seen, when that ball leaves the with ballpark for 59, what are you thinking? It's exciting. I mean, this is
9: history. Uh, this is something that, you know, people who weren't around either during, you know, uh, the great, Maris Mantle uh, uh in in 61 or even Maguire and uh and and Sammy Sosa and and Bonds I mean this is this is history you know it's been 62 years right since uh yeah Maris and Mantle this American League record and it's phenomenal uh and you know this is so exciting uh couldn't happen to a better person you know Aaron Judge is a Team first guy, I mean, he's all about winning, and we're we're trying to win the American League East, and he's handling it with such grace and poise. But for all the fans and all of us, we can just you know, Look at him and admire what he's doing and how he's doing it because uh it's sensational and you know, the Yankees are are entwined with Americana and baseball history. He's chasing two Yankees, two great Yankees. Babe Ruth probably the greatest baseball player in of, of all time and and Roger Marison, you know, that magical year with him and Mickey. So, I mean, this is really thrilling, and it's a treat for all of us, and uh, it's going to be a great week. I just hope he he does it at Yankee Stadium.
4: Right. Um, Obviously, this week we'll be doing it. The Pirates, uh, they're not the juggernaut of the National League, to say the least. So it's certainly possible, you would think, and he's batting leadoff. A couple of things. Um, He was, uh, I remember we were lucky enough to, we had a Fox Day at Yankee Stadium for about five years, and Brian Cashman would always come in. And one of the years in which you guys were not in contention, you traded off that great bullpen that you had, and you brought Gott Chapman back the next year, he said, keep your eye on Aaron Judge. And he said, my only worry is, you know, he's hitting about, he doesn't hit for high average. He's hitting about 220 at the time in the minors. Now he's going for a batting title. In layman's terms, uh, Randy, what has he done? What's changed about his approach and his play? I think he's matured.
9: I think it's experience. I mean, he's right there for the triple crown. In addition to this, this historical home <clears throat> home run chase. Uh, he's he's gonna win the home run in RBI. Uh, titles in the American League, and I think he's a point behind in the batting title. Yep, I mean he's he's matured. He's learned how to hit. He's mastered the strike zone. He's a, a professional hitter, uh, and uh, you know he gets it now. And it's coming. You know, young players learn. You know, the more they're they're in the league, the more time they face pitching, and uh, he, he's he's been just just tremendous i mean so i mean people need to understand the the magnitude of what he's doing in addition to chasing the home run record you know he may win the triple crown uh, i think the last yankee to win the triple crown and don't jump on me if i'm wrong but i think it was mickey so uh, uh that was a long time ago i mean this is Unbelievable stuff that's going on.
4: Uh, I mean, yeah, that in the middle
9: what, in the middle of a pennant race,
4: right? Which you guys are up by five and a half games. I understand uh, this is the deal: Tuesday and Wednesday, today and tomorrow, it's on. Yes, Thursday's on Fox. If it's not broken, yes. will Friday's game still be streamed only? I know that's the deal you have with Apple. Will yeah. they give you a mulligan there and let you guys take it for those that don't have that don't stream? that's a, a major league baseball decision uh, not a Yankee decision uh,
9: you know we're talking to major league baseball you know Apple uh, they're, they're great people Apple are great people so we're working on it uh, but that's an MLB Apple decision not a Yankee decision or yes decision.
4: right uh, what kind of uh, crowd crowd you gonna get this week
9: I hope, you know, the advance is, is good. Uh, please come out, watch history. I mean, this is, is great. The weather's supposed to be nice. Uh, we've been, you know, averaging uh, really since the covert restrictions, you know, roughly, uh, you know, around 40,000 a game. The fan support has been phenomenal. So uh, come on out and, you know. Watch us. Hopefully we can move closer to securing the American League East, and you can watch Aaron Judge hopefully uh, create some new history. It's very exciting.
4: So talk about this. People compare Judge to Jeter, and if there's going to be a next captain, it would be Judge. He seems to have fit the criteria in every way. But you got to sign him for next year. Are you optimistic you will sign him?
9: Well, we're going to try our very, very best to sign him. We think the world of him. We think he's a great player. We think he's a great Yankee. Uh, and you know, that's something that'll happen in, in, in the off season. Uh you know, he's uh he just got married. He's uh, he's a great person and you know, we're gonna put our best foot forward and try and keep him. We know his worth to the franchise, we know his worth uh to the Yankees. Uh he's he's been carrying us and uh doing it with, with great poise and dignity. Uh and we'll see what happens in the off season. And it won't be for lack of trying
4: right uh also play doing this all while playing center field and almost every year he's had bow, he's had a stay on the on the disabled list on the i l uh is there something about his training or is it just one of those things where he stayed healthy this year?
9: I think he stayed healthy this year um i think he uh He's just having a magical year. You know, sometimes things just happen in life, and God bless him. He's just having one of those incredible, magical years.
4: Uh, we're talking to Randy Levine, president of Yankees. So, Randy, you guys were out to an historic start. People were talking about all-time great Yankee teams, all-time great teams. A terrible uh, August, about 500 September. Uh, for, for people that are dipping in now trying to find out what had happened to the Yankees and where are they at, what could you tell us?
9: I think we're gonna be fine. Um you got a we had a we had a really tough August, it was very frustrating, but you gotta look at the injuries we've had. I mean we were devastated. There was a point in time, I think where six of our our eight starters were hurt. Uh now people are getting healthy. Uh you know, Rizzo came back. Uh, I believe Harrison Bader will will be in center field tonight. That's my understanding. Uh hopefully DJ LeMay will will be back. Severino's so supposed to start tomorrow. So we're starting to get healthy starting to to move at the right time, and uh, it's all about health. It's a long season. 162 games is a long season. Um, We had a great first half. Um, That's why you build up a lead because for every team there there are peaks and valleys. Uh, You just got to get strong and got to get hot. During those three weeks in October, that's got to get to October, and then you gotta get hot in the playoffs i like I've said always i've I've been associated with teams that you were probably the best team in the regular season and didn't win the World Series and teams that probably weren't the best team in baseball and did win the World Series, so you gotta get hot those three weeks and stay healthy and anything can happen you know as they say you just gotta get into the tournament,
4: yeah, you get in now. Go into the time machine. Uh, you have that historic start, and George Steinbrenner is at his peak, and you're sitting next to him as, as the team swoons and has their worst August since 1991. I remember uh, Steinbrenner didn't like when you lost preseason, when he lost exhibition games. What would it have been like if George Steinbrenner was George Steinbrenner in the 80s when this was happening?
9: I wasn't around George Steinbrenner in the 80s. I was in the 90s, okay. and, and thereafter— you know, the late 80s I was. But uh, I think at the you know at the end, George Steinbrenner was a different George Steinbrenner. And, you know, I think he would have shown more patience than, than in the beginning. I think our fans, uh, you know, uh, are so passionate. And, you know, when we lose, just like me, we get upset and they vent and they get, you know, upset. But it's a long season. I mean, you know, you, you got to remember, the first half of the year, you know, this was like you know Nirvana. You know, Aaron Boone was a genius. The world was perfect, and then you go on a little bit of a bumpy run, mostly because of of serious, serious injuries, and everything takes place. I mean, this is a long season. Anybody who's been involved with baseball knows it's a marathon, and we got to see what happens. So we have to be judged at the end of the year. See where we are. Twenty right now, yeah. Right now, we got a, I believe, a six-game uh, lead in the loss column with 16 to go. So we got to finish it off.
4: And you, of course, you want to finish off and get over uh, over 60. If he goes over 61, do you believe that he is the all-time home run single-season leader? Because he says no, it's Bonds. What does, what does Randy Levine say?
9: Well, I think that the record book says it's Bonds. I think that's what he says. And until the
4: record book gets changed, it's Bonds. Got it, Randy. Thanks so much. Always great to talk to you. Oh. All the best, Brian. All right, Say Randy well. Levine, Bye. president of New York Yankees. Historic time uh, in baseball sports. And I think it's one of these times where everyone tunes in this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, for sure. You listen to Brian Brian Me Joe. Don't move. Welcome back, everybody. Brain Kill Me Show. We're going to be on with uh, Stuart Varney. In a matter of moments, you heard the guy with the deep voice say. And then after we're done, we usually leaves us about 90 seconds to take some calls. So come aboard, one 408 7669 and we'll uh, find out what you have to say about that, uh, about what's going on. I think we're going to talk a lot about what's, what the president said. He said the pandemic's over. Isn't that interesting? By the way, Anthony Fauci comes out and says, I think that what he wanted to say is that uh, we, have, we should get vaccinated and ha- try to handle the other variants. So let's listen in together.
10: 1051, you know what that means? It means it's time for Brian Kilmeade, who miraculously will appears on the screen just as 1051 hits. There he is. Look, Brian, more than 800 teachers and classroom aides in New York City have been fired for not getting the jab. Mayor Adams just ended the vaccine mandate for the private sector. But what about the teachers? Should they, just, should they get their jobs back?
4: Well, not only eight hundred and fifty teachers, there was about, uh, there was about, uh, tr- about a thousand that said, I want, I'm not going to go back. I'm not getting vaccinated. So don't pay me, but give me benefits. And now this year, they want to come back and they're ready to go. And they said, no, you're not vaccinated. Don't. So eight hundred and fifty New York City teachers, when you fa- add in uh, add up all the aides and the bus drivers that have been fired, it comes out to about two thousand. 2000. So in a time in which we have a national teacher shortage in New York City when we need quality teachers to make up for lost time, these these people are uh, so ridiculous in saying if you don't get vaccinated, you're not allowed to teach in front of the class. At this point, we all went to school. We all know what goes on with this. We probably know more than the professionals that screwed up our life for the last two years. Let these teachers do what they have to do. The first to the story was The teachers don't want to be at risk because of the kids. Now the teachers go, okay, uh, I got it. We're in three variants in. The original vaccine doesn't even work for this. Everybody knows that. So we're going to go back. We We watched the president get vaccinated four times and get it twice this summer in August, and you're gonna stop a math teacher from teaching 11th grade? I'm embarrassed by these idiots and their idiotic decisions, and this is also killing our military on top of that. We told thousands to go home because they won't get a vaccination.
10: I've got another one for you. We've got all these migrants being bussed into New York City from Texas. I mean, they're being bussed and flown all around the country. I wanna know why these migrants can't work. Why should they not? with they're here, costing all of us $10,000 a year per migrant, why shouldn't they work? The jobs are available. Is there a problem with this, uh, Brian? Yes,
4: just like I have a problem with them getting off the bus, being greeted, with the handshakes in new york city like their heroes and then they get the nikes and they get the iphone know what it's telling to Hondurans, ecuadorians uh, cubans venezuelans you name it come one come all and then if you say if you come to america you not only can stay but you can get a job then we just say okay. we have just welcomed but in another 200 300 400 000 next month
10: but look the, the ones who are already here and we're talking millions of people they're not going back and we've got to support them. That doesn't make sense to me. We're paying all this money, stopping them from working, but not sending them back. That, t- I'm sorry, Brian, it may be an invitation for more to come, in right. which case we should build the wall and stop up the border, but I don't see why they shouldn't work. There's a labor shortage in this 11 country.
4: 11 billion people, you know what it shows me? Two rights to, uh, two wrongs don't make a right. So you let them in illegally, you don't track them uh, responsibly, and then you give them a job. So you are just saying, are you an idiot? Why would you stay in Honduras? Are you crazy? Why would you stay in Bolivia? Are you nuts? Let's leave Venezuela. America is letting you come, stay for free, gives you a nice little launch and a cushion, maybe put you in a cruise ship in New York City. Remember the Norwegian air of, of the cruise lines? They might be rented by this mayor, so you get to stay on a cruise ship and then work without any fear of deportation. At what point do we just stop the lunacy? And I think to add to it and just finish it off by giving illegal aliens is a really insult to all those green card holders, all those people trying to play the perfect game, applying now for a student visa to stay, hoping that they convince everybody, the, the immigration to stay. Then all of a sudden you go, wait a second, uh, that guy's from Saudi Arabia, this guy's from Venezuela, and they get to stay. I'm paying the money, learning about American history. So to me, if you do three things wrong, it doesn't give you a right to do the fourth thing wrong. But I understand I we got 11 million openings. It just goes to show you that after this election, get work fees visas easy to expand your consulates. But the first thing first, finish the wall, back up the border. Told us IRS agents to take out the take out the pocket protector and get the blue uh, get a blue jean shirt and go to the border and start sealing the border. Less IRS agents, more border patrol agents, and then we, we have we, a game on.
10: We agree on that one you control the border right build the wall i'm with you what about hey you Stewart?
4: how many how many tests did you take how many fees did you pay
10: oh i stood in line for a long long time paid my fees did all the uh, documentation took yeah. me a long long time just happened like way brian you'll go all right see you again soon Thanks. go
4: get him Stuart. thank you so much uh from one Stewart to another let's go out to Stuart listening in orange county california hey Stuart.
0: Hey, uh, Brian. So, Senator Graham was on earlier, and uh, I'm just wondering if someone can let Senator Graham know that it's the midterm elections coming up and not Republican primaries, because his abortion bill is a gift to the Democrats. He might as well be campaigning on having January 6th looked at again. Inflation and crime is the only thing Republicans should be talking about right now. If a Republican legislator gets asked what day of the week it
4: is, the answer should be inflation and crime, inflation and crime, inflation and crime. Right, uh, would, I know what he's intending to do, and many people agree with you. You know what he's intending to do, because he's—they're not in a one—they're not in a one-person race. Their opponents say an abortion, and the Republicans want to make it zero, and the Democrats are registering female suburban women, which female women are the best, uh, suburban women at a dizzying rate that could affect every election. So he's saying, can we agree on 15 weeks? And can, if once we agree that you take it off the board, and can we agree the extreme behavior is up until birth? That's what his goal was. And he feels as though he's still on the right with that. But do you understand what he's trying to do? He's trying to give the Republican a message. Your response? Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, it it makes sense, but I just think
0: statistically, there is a greater chance of losing a voter, an independent voter. I think there's a a greater statistic chance of losing a a voter by talking about abortion right now than there is to not talk about it, because his bill, it's all for naught.
4: I hear you. Stewart, a lot of people have your concern. In fact, more on the right have that concern. that don't. Lindsey Graham was just here. He says, listen, I know I'm right, and I'll explain it. He didn't convince Stewart in California. So let's get to the big three.
2: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's big three.
1: Number three.
2: Despite all the talk of the legislative victories and the Dobbs decision,
3: the economic, I mean, the landscape, the political landscape and dynamic of this election has not changed. It is the economy. It is inflation. uh, It is crime. It is immigration.
4: And if those are the leads and it's not Trump and it's not January 6th and it's not uh and it's not abortion they win a burst of optimism Mitch mcconnell telling people behind closed doors he thinks the gop can in fact take back the senate we'll discuss the rest of 2022.
6: number two is the pandemic over the pandemic is over we still have a problem with covid we're still doing a lot of work on it uh it's but the pandemic is over
4: oh okay that's great to know just let that slip out in the middle of an interview Pandemic over, what a relief. Time to reinstate all those teachers who have been fired, all those military people that have been let go, and all those nurses that were told you there's the door. We all heard those words from the president. He also indicated we're gonna go to war with China, but don't let me slow you down. Number one.
3: Millions of people since Biden's been president illegally coming across the southern border. Did they freak out about that? No, it's only when 50 get put into Martha's Vineyard.
4: It's true. Governor DeSantis now being sued. Border wars continue. A local sheriff thinks Governor DeSantis is the problem. Not those 60 people that suffocated to death in a truck in his district, and not the 7,000 that cross our border illegally every day. He's worried about the 60, one of the nicest places on the planet, Martha's Vineyard in the sum- in the spring. Uh, in the summer, I should say. Rob Astorino joins us now, former two-term Westchester County executive uh, and former Republican nominee uh, for governor. Uh, Rob, welcome back.
0: Brian, why the anti queen? What's going on? Why?
4: Uh, I'm just, I just feel as though I can't play a role in that ceremonial position. Um, and I'm not upset. I, she was 96 years old. She was a dominating figure, but she didn't really do anything.
0: No, she didn't. Like a lot of liberals, she never, she didn't really do anything. And I don't even know if she was liberal or not, which is the good thing about her. Well, that's thought.
4: probably, yeah, that's her greatest asset. We don't know what she stood for ever. Uh, but Rob, I know what you stand for. You were you were able to get a hold of video that showed these these illegal immigrant fights into Westchester County Airport, and and Newburgh, uh, New York, and it's happened in Jacksonville, Florida, and throughout Pennsylvania. And what are your thoughts when you hear that Republicans are being condemned for not coordinating with uh, with border, with these uh, local authorities? I don't know how to
0: spell the word, but I know what Schadenfreude means, and it's a lot of fun watching these. Uh, progressives have a complete and utter meltdown because they are wholly inadequate uh, to handle any of the problems that they are actually causing. And you're right. I, you know, you go back to last August when uh, I broke this about these flights coming in in the middle of the night under the cover of darkness. And there was a reason for that. And we were able to blow that too with police video camera uh, where we got the footage and this cop was talking to Uh, you know, the NGOs and the people, the bus drivers, and everyone being hired by the government to take these illegal immigrants off these flights and put them on buses. And they were saying that they were doing it in the middle of the night under the cover of darkness so nobody would find out because if people did find out, it would be a betrayal by the American government of its own people. So there's a reason why Biden and the federal government are doing this, you know, cloak and dagger. But now that it's all the way out in the open, And it has been, obviously, for the last year. But now that it's actually, you know, the Republicans are picking the scab and showing the whole world what's really going on here, uh, they can't handle it. And it's a complete and utter meltdown. And one thing is guaranteed. Whenever you see those signs on the lawns that, you know, no person is illegal, we believe in science, black lives matter, peacefully coexist, the other side of the sign says, we're just kidding. (laughs) <laughs>
1: because
3: they're just totally, totally hypocritical on everything.
4: Here's what Ron DeSantis said last night. Cut one.
3: It's really frustrating because, you know, you've been covering this. Millions of people since Biden's been president illegally coming across the southern border. Did they freak out about that? No. You've had migrants die in the Rio Grande. You had 50 uh, die in Texas in, in a trailer because they were being neglected. Was there a freak out about that? No, there wasn't. You've had criminal aliens get across that southern border and victimize Americans, killing some, raping some. Was there any type of outrage about that? No. And then, of course, we know fentanyl deaths are at an all-time high. Where's that fentanyl coming from? Over the, It's coming over the open southern border. It's only when 50 get put into Martha's Vineyard, which wasn't saying they didn't want this. They said they wanted this. They said they were a sanctuary jurisdiction. These were people who were basically destitute and then put in a situation where they could have succeeded, but that was all virtue signaling. And not only did I not welcome them,
4: they deported them the next day with the National Guard. Yeah, they lasted a matter of hours in Martha's Vineyard. And some of the quotes were, they made me better people having interacted with them. Uh, and I think it was so cruel for them to be stuck in Martha's Vineyard, this beautiful, uh, this beautiful little town in this elite part of the world. <laughs> Honestly, I'm
0: having fun watching all of this right now because it is so insane the reaction from the left, including Mayor Adams in New York City, uh, the buffoon mayor in Chicago, the you know Bowser in D.C. They literally cannot handle anything, and yet they've been having this facade. And I had to deal with this too. You mentioned I was county executive in Westchester for eight years. My legislature, which was democratic, made Westchester a sanctuary county, which I vetoed and it was over, you know, it was upheld. So while I was there, but when I left the new county executive, um, they made it a sanctuary county, meaning you could have no cooperation with ICE. And in the county jail, for instance, we had federal uh, prison uh, inmates that were there for you know major crimes, by the way, and they were illegal immigrants, and we could not coordinate. So when they were being released, we could not coordinate with ICE so they could get them on a detainer, so they would re- literally go back into the communities and wreak havoc. Uh, and, and yet, this is what's happening all over the place. So you know, look, I'm I'm thankful that DeSantis has the guts to do this, and of course. You know, he scares the left so much right now that he is quote, more dangerous than Trump. <laughs> which right. means he, he, they fear him more than Trump, actually, at this point, which is good.
4: A couple of things. Uh, they end up, these kids end up going into schools. They end up in overcrowded yeah. classrooms. Nobody checks with the teachers. No one even checks with the principals. They just show up. These NGOs get paid, so they'll do anything, including Catholic charities, which I find an embarrassment as a Catholic here is uh, here's the incomprehensible mayor, Adams. Uh, somehow he has no problem with the Democratic mayor uh, in Texas sending his people there, but he is in Laredo, but he's got a problem with the Republican governor. Listen. A crisis calls for
6: uh, coordination, and uh, I traveled to Washington uh, last week, I spoke with uh, Senator Schumer, sh- Senator uh, Gillibrand, and other lawmakers, and sat down uh, with uh, the Uh, Biden administration to talk about how do we coordinate and their goal is to make sure that we get the resources and the coordination that's needed Uh, as the mayor of El Paso stated. uh, These migrants and asylum seekers are not coming to any particular city. They're coming to America. This is um, an American of uh, uh, crisis that we need to face, a humanitarian crisis that were made by human hands uh, by some of the governors in our right. southern made, uh, states.
4: Made by human hands, not by yeah, people yeah. that paid traffickers to go through the jungles, get raped and beaten and maybe drown, but they show up. It's, of course, Governor Abbott's fault, uh, and, that, and now he's getting cruise ships. How much is that going to cost, bringing cruise ships in for illegal aliens?
0: Yeah, and the crisis is at ha- made by human hands, Democratic hands who are waving them all in, starting with Joe Biden, who has said to the whole world, come on in. We're not going to prosecute. You know, it, it's a game. If you can get across the, the Rio Grande or somehow get across the very poorest border, which is very easy these days. And by the way, even if you do get caught, we're just going to release you anyway. Or or we'll put you on a private jet and send you to places exotic like, like Martha's Vineyard or beautiful New York City, and, and we'll take care of everything. And you, Brian, mentioned about the schools before. I can tell you in my school district alone, and I know this is the case everywhere. And if you're a parent, you want to foil information, just foil how many new English as a second language students are coming into the schools. You're not going to get the name, you don't want the name, um, but you can find that out how many new kids have come in since, let's say, last year. And you'll be shocked, I think, at how many new kids. Because my kids tell me there's so many new ones in the school, none of whom speak English, but these are services. That's just one aspect. The, the schooling. Think about the hospitals that they're going in, in the Medicare and the Medicaid. Think about uh, the cash benefits, like states like New York, which had a multi-billion-dollar fund to give cash payments to people who are here illegally. It's nuts. Uh, and, and just goes on and on and on, while while our own citizens are struggling. to to fill up the car or, you know, buy a carton of, uh, of eggs, you know? So, I mean, it's just, everything is so backwards right now, which honestly, November 8th, if the Democrats win and control everything we're done. I, I mean, I, I don't say that with hyperbole. We're done.
4: Just oh, we're absolutely. No I mean, they've return. they've let 2.1 million in this year already, close to four million overall, and they won't even address it. They go one person and go. The vice president goes there cursory, a few Zoom calls with Central American countries. But we just got this from our own Bill Malusian at the border. Brand new data from the CBP reveals there were 12 arrests of individuals on the FBI's terrorist screening database at the southern border. That brings the total to 78 so far this year. That's triple the previous five years combined. How is that responsible governing? We know in August, 203,000 crossed, and overall this year so far, months left, 2.1 million have already crossed. And you're blaming you're blaming a governor for bringing 60 people to Martha's Vineyard? That's the outrage? I can't get my head around the idiocy.
0: Well, by the way, this whole thing has been turned upside down in regards to the law. None of this is asylum. Okay, There is a strict definition of asylum, which the United States follows with international law. Asylum is narrowly based on religious persecution, political persecution. That's it. There's like six definitions, none of which is based on poverty, none of which is based on gangs or violence in your area or domestic violence, as sad as that is. None of that. So it is a complete and utter lie even calling them asylum seekers. They're just being told by you know, the leftist lawyers that are assigned to these cases, say this and it'll trigger that. And, and that's the way you can stay. It's all
4: a, a literal lie. So if you are running the country and not running your party, what you do is you secure the border, you expand your consulates in these countries or the neighboring countries, you bring back in. Next country where the first country you enter after you leave yours, you apply to come to America. We'll decide when we see application. But with 11 million open jobs, Rob Astorino, you know that we could use the workforce. And you know a lot of these people are great people. And you know they'd be assets to America. But we just have to do it the right way. Nobody's saying shut it down, we got enough people. Nobody. We just you want people to do it the right way. Brian, go to a Whole
0: Foods and cut in front of the woman in front of you who looks like an angry Karen. See what her reaction is going to be. And um, and yet that's what is happening in America. People are jumping the line. They're coming across illegally. And, you know, there, are, there literally are people, a million of them, waiting online the right way. I have a friend who has been through the process for 10 years wow. still. 10 years she's waiting to get uh, her green card. And yet she's still not allowed to be and i'm like just fly her to mexico walk her across but but again the definition of asylum is you are escaping basically death because of your religious um or or political persuasion so the next step you put in the first step you put into a new country that triggers asylum so anyone coming from Mm -hmm. you know the triangle countries or wherever the minute they step into the next country it triggers asylum and and that's where they
4: have to apply. Yeah, not, and, not it was, US. and it was simple. Remain in Mexico. Apply from your own That's country. Correct. Incentivize governments uh, to. You're going to lose your aid unless you crack down on your own border. And then, of course, make sure that aid goes to the right people, not to the cartels or the government's po- or the governor's pockets. But just to be a little bit different, uh, being that you're in New York and I'm in New York, and right now we're talking about the mayor in the center of this storm, who's getting cruise ships for illegals and says they're already overrun and can't handle it. Here's Charlemagne the God. He owns... He has a very successful radio show, but this is his Comedy Central show, and he's way to the left, but said this about Governor DeSantis. Cut six.
6: Just in time for Hispanic Heritage Month, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis upped the game by sending two folds of immigrants to the East Coast elite's favorite vacation island, Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. I personally think it's genius. (laughs) But I wish that governors like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott would give Democratic governors and mayors more of a heads-up, because then that would expose the hypocrisy of the Democrats, which is, they don't want
4: immigrants
0: here either.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're not going to want it when they lose the Hispanic vote, but go ahead. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, no, I think he's... Uh, when it's coming from the Bill Mars and Shyamalan the God, then you know, as as long as people start finding out the real story, if you have half a brain... You realize what's going on, and and this isn't being, you know, uh, this is being pushed by the liberal white quote educated apple and people who are doing all of this. They're the pushing the woke agenda in this country. Right. They're pushing this open border nonsense, uh, and the crime in these cities. I mean, they're they're helping on de- on destroying this country. Uh, and, and by the way, they're the they think you know you pet the alligator last and you're not going to get bit. Well. At some point, they're going to come after the wealthy, too, and just eat them up.
4: Rob Astorino, thanks so much. Uh, good job. If you ever want to see his video, Rob, where do we see the video that you download that you were able to get?
0: Uh, I think it's still up on my Twitter, at Rob Astorino. Okay. Back in August
4: of check, last year, I think yeah, it was. Check it out. Uh, anything that Joe Biden says that Governor DeSantis is doing, he beat him to the punch. Believe me. Don't miss a minute. Thanks, Rob.
2: Coming to you on a need-to-know basis, because, man, do you need to know, it's Brian Kilmeade.
4: Hey, welcome back. Went a little long there, but Rob Astrino brings up just a balancing point. Uh, If you don't like Martha's Venue, you don't want to give New Yorkers a head up, a uh, heads up for the eleven buses that arrived here at Port Authority over the weekend of five that came yesterday, or the six hundred that came to Chicago, who they turned around and sent to the suburbs the next day, or the ones that were dropped off at the vice president's house or the one that went to Martha's Vineyard. Okay, be consistent. Then show where was your outrage when these planes full of illegal immigrants? landed at airports, now with almost nobody knowing except the air traffic controllers. No mayors, no local executives, you heard them. And we got the video and we hear the interviews with the officials. They land in the middle of the night, they go through the NGOs, next thing you know, they're in your kid's school system. And if you're a teacher and complain, the unions turn on you, they either transfer you, they don't back you, or they could fire you if you don't have tenure. That's the system that was there. Now that Republicans took action, there's collective outrage. It's laughable, laughable. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West brings us to the border where he spent a lot of time. And also the Ukraine, how this thing turned around.
0: Our understanding is that a Venezuelan migrant uh, was paid a, a what we would call a bird dog fee to recruit approximately 50 migrants from the area around a migrant resource center on San Pedro uh, here in San Antonio. Uh, as we understand it, 48 migrants were uh, lured, I will use the word lured, uh, under false pretenses uh, on, into, into staying at a hotel for a couple of days. Uh, they were taken by airplane. At a certain point, they were shuttled to an airplane uh, where they were flown to Florida and then eventually flown to Martha's Vineyard, again, under false pretenses is the the information that we have.
4: Right, great analysis. Can we find out why they left their country, went through the jungle, paid a human trafficker, and then got across the border by maybe swimming the Rio Grande? How many people uh, drowned to death trying to get there? And then what they told the people when they were processed? He, have this sheriff in Bexar County, the sheriff... Uh, His name is Javier Salazar, more worried about Governor DeSantis and bringing charges on him rather than the thousands that have come across his border, the 2 million that have come this year, or 2.1 million that have come this year already. And uh, by the way, those 60 that died in the truck a couple of months ago, that happened in his district. But he's worried about Ron DeSantis. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West joins us now, Uh, the American Constitutional Rights Union Executive Director, former congressman from Florida— Uh, and Texas uh, ran for the governorship in Texas. Uh, Colonel, your reaction to the sheriff?
11: Well, it's good to be with you, Brian. And the, the pronunciation is Bear County. I know it's real funny, but uh, it's, it goes back to the Hispanic uh, nomenclature. Uh, it's appalling because what you see happening right now is that the left, not only are they showing their hypocrisy, they're showing their disregard. The fact that we have, you know, people that are head of Sanctuary cities saying that they don't want illegal immigrants in Sanctuary cities that's the very definition of a Sanctuary City. And this uh, sheriff down there in Bear County who has been absolutely silent about what has been going on, the rise of crime, the rise of the drug uh, trafficking, the human and sex trafficking and everything going on. Now, all of a sudden, he wants to try to bring charges against the governor of Florida. This is uh, a response to a political uh, event that took place. And this is why I just wish, Brian, from the bottom of my heart, we just get back to the basics of the Constitution and protect the sovereignty of the United States of America and secure our border.
4: Yeah, if you secure the border, we don't. We can't talk unless you secure the border. You can't talk about trying to fill those eleven million jobs with uh, illegal immigrants that pass background checks, mm-hmm. especially because we just got uh, a message that another twelve illegal immigrants were, were found. Excuse me, illegal immigrants, of course. But uh, from the terrorist watch list. Uh, Bill yeah. Malusion says he was just reported in that 12 suspected terrorists arrested at the border in August were on the terrorist watch list uh, put together by the FBI. A total of 78 so far this year. Please don't tell me these are great people who want a fresh start. That's not counting all the illegal drugs that's trafficked in there.
11: No, you're absolutely right. And so, when you think about the illegal drugs that are coming in, the fentanyl especially, you know, we are over way over a hundred thousand fentanyl deaths of Americans in what the last year and a half, two years, basically the Biden administration. So to put that in the context, we have lost more Americans. Due to fentanyl, then we have the total amount of Americans that were lost in the Korean and Vietnam wars combined. This is a serious issue. And, you know, that's why I think it's so important. And let's start talking about the Biden body bags, being that Americans, being that the people that are trying to cross this border, this is a humanitarian disaster that we see going on. And we don't need to aid and event the human trafficking. We need to make sure that the cartels don't continue to make $100 million to $200 million a week by bringing people across the border. We shouldn't be putting them on planes and buses. I don't care if you've got an R or a D after your name. Let's just get back to doing what's right by the people here in America, our sovereignty, and our Constitution. Yeah, it's
4: unbelievable. And she said they're looking into investigating and possibly bringing charges against the governor, who said, I got $12 million more million I'm going to continue to do this. If you want to know the human face and the human life and what it's like to be on owned land by the border, listen to Selena Butella Price. She told this to Fox News Digital about what it's like uh, as a Texas restaurant owner. Cut nine.
8: You don't feel safe at home anymore. I worked alongside my father um, for 19 years. One break-in in in 25 years. From February to now, I've had five. I I, I don't know how to secure my building enough to keep these people away. I decided to finally sell because two locations down from our original location, our our smokehouse and and our honky-tonk, we have this facility that assists in processing all these immigrants coming in. And so, once they are processed, I literally see busloads on a daily basis. They're just released.
4: So, I mean, that's her life, and yet these people in Martha's Vineyard couldn't take 44 hours with 40 illegal immigrants? Oh,
11: absolutely right. It's a crying shame that we have people here in the state of Texas that are li- living in terror. Their their lives and their quality of life has been uh, undermined. It's been degraded. They don't want to go out at night. Uh, you have ranchers that down there on their ranchers. Their animals are being killed. Their water uh, lines are being broken into. You have people that are afraid to go out because someone could be in their barns, what have you. But instead, we've got a sheriff there in Bear County that is more so concerned, again, about the governor, of uh, Florida than being concerned about the safety and security of the citizen. And and once again, the sheriff is a constitutional officer, so he should be the one standing up there pounding the table about why are we doing more to secure this border because he took a note to the Constitution, not a note to a political party. But mm. there's too, mu- too much politics going on right now, Brian. And the American people, especially the people in all these border counties, being in Arizona, Texas, they're the ones that are suffering.
4: Uh, yeah, and the country uh, looks ridiculous. You know what this reminds me of? Uh, it, it just reminds me of this this is a president of the United States who's totally taken his hand off the wheel, and now the mayors and governors are fighting each other within our own country because there's nobody yeah. in charge of the federal responsibility at the border. So now we got this. Now we got. Uh, uh, we got Martha's Vineyard involved, we got New York, we got Chicago, we got Philadelphia, we're soon going to have Delaware, and we have the vice president of Washington, D.C., because they won't control the border, and the border states are saying, like, the one you're in, in Texas, Colonel, is saying, I'm fed up. But I want to uh, put your other area of expertise is war. You know what's happening, the Ukrainians know how to fight and determine to fight. And here's what Admiral Starvita says he's finding out about the Russians and what they study and what they've seen so
10: far. Cut 37. They're a disaster in the field. The incompetence of the Russians, which has surpassed what I would have expected. They have simply failed to deliver logistics, a decent battle plan, uh, competent troops. That's what they're noticing.
4: I mean, do you believe, as, as your source is telling you, that Ukraine could go keep going? They've already picked up 3,000 square miles.
11: Well, absolutely right. And, you know, Avros Gavridis was, you know, very astute gentleman. But we have always known that in the military. I mean, when we were standing up against the Soviet Union, we knew that they did not train their lower-level leadership to be able to make decisions and to be adaptive and flexible on the battlefield. And when you have such a strong centralized control, which is what socialism, Marxism, communism is all about—centralized control—even in the military, then you have an ability of a very savvy enemy force to be able to outmaneuver them and outsmart them. We saw that happen to the Soviet Union in Afghanistan, uh, and and we saw that collapse in that Soviet-Afghan uh, War, 79-89. So you're right; they just you know put people out there. They have to sit back and wait for the orders to come down on high. And other than just bombarding and shelling people into oblivion, which is what they did in Chechnya when they leveled Grozny, uh, they do not know how to conduct uh, maneuver warfare, combined arms warfare very well. And if the Ukrainians can get control of their airways, it's game, set, match over there.
4: Bill Browder, who's, uh, who's the author of the McGinsky Act, whose lawyer was killed by Vladimir Putin directly uh, and has made it his mission to make his life miserable and oust him from power. He's got great sources inside Russia. He's an American. Here's what he said to me on Saturday night. Cut 36. Putin has basically launched
2: this war to look like a strong man, to create a foreign enemy so that he would shore up his domestic support. And if this war boomerangs back, and shows him to be weak, which is what's happening right now, he could potentially lose power. And that's, that's, the, that's the ultimate um, good outcome for us, is if the Ukrainians push Russia back and Putin is no longer allowed to stay as, as leader by his people.
4: Uh, we know those leaders tend to come back. But what is your s- sense of what's going on in there?
11: you're starting to see and hear now are grumblings uh, within uh, the borders of Russia and you're starting to see some media outlets speaking out against what's going on. You cannot hide this for so, long, not anymore. for so long. When yeah, when the body bags come back and you know when there's people talking about you instituting the draft, then this is not a special military mission. This is something that you're you're losing at. And so I think it is gonna backfire against them it's gonna undermine him. But If the United States of America and the Biden administration would get us back to drilling, you know, producing, consuming, and exporting oil and natural gas resources, we undermine Russia because Europe needs to be uh, self-sufficient away from Russian pipeline natural gas.
4: I hear you. Uh, Colonel Alan West, thanks so much. He's the executive director of the American Constitutional Rights Union. Thanks, Colonel. Always was a pleasure. Go get them, Brian. All right, you too. Uh, 1-866-408-7669. We'll come back and take some of your calls and also find out if you need to know more. Brian Kilmeade Show.
2: Learning something new every day on The Brian Kilmeade Show. And you undermine the one thing we've got
5: that enables this other experiment to go on. And I'm going to say the other side's perfect, but I think a lot of Republicans, if you agree with this, I think a lot of Republicans who don't like Trump want forgiveness but they don't want to repent.
11: Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh well, we don't have to. I ain't asked forgiveness for.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> right, and you shouldn't have to. It's But you It's but not I, personal,
6: it's policy. Right. Exactly.
4: Trace Atkins is a supporter of Trump. He says it's not personal, it's it's policy, and he's willing to take on John Meacham to do it. I I I would love to see that whole show. I actually can you still get that online? I know it's it airs Friday live. You can still get that online, right?
12: If you have HBO Max, yes. Yeah, I have that. And then they'll, you can get it there. And then they usually post some clips on
4: YouTube. So that was uh, Trace Atkins and, and Bill Maher actually making news by just being a normal person. Um, and we might be having an announcement there about having him on. We'll see. Let's find out if there's even more to know.
2: More to know.
4: Right, this is pretty nice. A Major League Baseball star from Puerto Rico is offering free food to Hurricane Fiona victims. Fiona just slammed Puerto Rico yesterday, made landfall on Sunday. Uh, Hurricane Fiona has also left millions without power it's beginning to come back. All those families who are in need of a hot meal can stop by. Uh, Toha Baja for the, the two-time All-Star set on Monday will serve it to you for free. I guess he's got a bar there. If your community's affected and you're in need of a hot meal, call 787-665-2323 or stop by. Uh, I know what you're going through, it's very difficult. So it's pretty nice of him to do that. He's got his own bar, he should stop by.
12: Absolutely, he's getting some nice publicity for it as well.
4: So many Puerto Ricans are in Major League Baseball. Next. An Englishman broke a Guinness Book of World Records by having a drink at 67 different tub- pubs in 24 hours. His name is Nathan Krimp, he's 22 years old. He took on the record for the most pubs visited in 24 hours, ended up visiting 67 in Brighton, England area in the space of 17 hours. Krimp, who was accompanied by a pair of friends, aimed to beat the record of 56 pubs, which was set by Gareth Murphy over the course of 10 hours in Cardiff, Wales. Now, it was the easiest and hardest thing he's ever done. So I completely underestimated just how hard it was actually going to be there. question is, does he have a drink? Oh, he has a drink there. So he doesn't just go. He's got to have a drink. The plan was to try and keep it sober for the first 25 pubs. But that went out the window on 15 pubs in. He had to mix up a little bit. He tried to drink alcohol in one and non-alcohol in another, trying to space it out. What would be the hardest part for you about that? Raising um, your three children who are under <laughs> five years old.
12: I mean, I feel like the right, the two and a half year old twins could really handle it on their own at this point. Um, well, it doesn't say if he has to finish the drink either. So I feel like just logistically, right, right. to get to that well, many bars. But you also bars. have an
4: obligation. You get a drink, you feel like you want to finish it, and it's a that, celebratory thing.
12: That's an issue you have.
4: No, I think. Well, <laughs> I will say this: out of all the goals to have, isn't that an interesting choice?
12: It is. Is that something you might want to try if should you we ever try retire? That?
4: <laughs> but you need, you, number one, you need a lot of pubs in the right area. New York City, you could absolutely do it. There's like, but plus, does a restaurant count as a pub? We That's have to look into that. We because should, because after restaurants the show are today. just a bar, or do you have to go to a pub, like a dark pub with a pool table? I
12: That's think we should call Guinness to find out, and then we shall set a date, and all of us will go.
4: Why don't we have Eric do that? Like, what after the show, Eric, do you do anything? I mean, or you just hang out? Not usually. I wait for emails from you. I
12: think we need Eric to be the responsible one to make sure everyone gets home safe, and
4: safe. Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> uh, Eric, if you don't mind doing 66 and coming on the cusp of the record, and then I'd like to come in like a hero and beat you, we're going to find out how that goes. Next, expressing gratitude may be the true key to happiness. They surveyed 2,000 Americans, examined the potential connection between thankful and contentment to life Reveals that 65% of respondents who say they're very happy on a daily basis also are more likely to always give thanks. Does that surprise anybody?
12: No, it doesn't. I don't see it here, but I did read a study along similar lines lately that it doesn't need to be, like, a big thing. Like, little simple things actually can have more meaning than, like, a big, like, big gesture.
4: Right. Get a thoughtful gift like a uh, Hummel or a paperweight. Yeah. rather than a new car.
12: Yes, or, like, giving, like, that small, thoughtful thing to, like, you know, a coworker or, you know, just, like, not, like, your
4: closest friend to someone because you thought of them. Yeah, but once you do it once, they're going to expect it, and they're going to think, like, what's wrong? You don't express any gratitude anymore?
12: Well, that's why you just do it with an acquaintance so you don't see them that often.
4: Uh, that's good. <laughs> somebody, I'll brush by, apologize, brush into somebody you brush into and say, uh, I'm grateful you didn't hurt me when you brushed into me. There you are. Maybe just try to hold the door. Oh, that's good. Next, Arsenio Hall uh, burglars strike twice. LAPD source tells TMZ that Arsenio uh, was home was Saturday at 11 a.m. when he heard a loud noise coming from downstairs. We're told he came down to discover someone had broken the glass on his sliding door, attempting to get in. But an incident last month was even scarier. Cops say 25 people broke broke a window at his place back in August and entered his home. Arsenio was home when they broke in. We're told the burglars got spooked and took off. Because he's Arsenio Hall, the police responded both times, but the suspect beat it before they were arrived. Detectives now looking in surveillance video for for the home and neighborhood to ID the suspects. This goes to show you how bad it's getting. I mean, they're breaking into Arsenio Hall's home. I'm pretty sure he doesn't live in Compton.
12: And at 11 a.m. on a Saturday.
4: Right. It's like I just want other people's stuff, and if it's under a thousand dollars, you're not going to get prosecuted. The dream job, the Japanese man who gets paid to do nothing, his name is Soji Muramido, uh, has, uh, has what some would say is a dream job. He basically says, I rent myself out. My job is to be wherever my clients want me to be and do nothing in particular. His job is taking him to a park with a person who wanted to play on a seesaw. He also be, uh, beamed and waved through a train window at a complete stranger who wanted a send-off. So sad.
12: So sad, but I mean, I feel like he really has uh, tapped the market into something. You get paid for just doing. That. He does, but seventy-one dollars per booking, right? I mean, it's well. Here's the to thing: do. he
4: does do a job. That's why this is mislabeled. He well, said he, had the, he has the most unique job in the world, but he does do a does have a job.
12: That is true. I mean, the saddest one too: like sitting there just so someone wanted to have tea, and they didn't want to have tea alone, so he sat there with
4: them. Well, that I understand, but just to have someone show up to wave to you. I mean, that's pathetic.
12: But probably all for, like, the social media posting. I, w-
4: I would do it for 60 For $60? 60. Oh, I w- I c- I'm going to destroy his business. I'm going to just undercut him on every single ridiculous the job.
5: The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox & Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.